Greetings and welcome back to your favorite podcast hosted by Ofenze Khoidi. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome and please share this episode with your friends and family. If you are a returning listener, shout out to you and thank you for the constant support. Today's conversation is rather a bit controversial and some people may feel uncomfortable but it's something that needs to be discussed especially by Ama 2000 because for some odd reason it has been made a taboo subject yet it's something that many youngsters go through. And so today's topic or rather today's question is what are soul ties? I recently watched one of Pastor Michael's sermons and he said that statistics show that 50% of the people in high school have had a sexual experience. And my chat isn't about the number of teenagers having sexual experiences, but my concern is do they really understand what they are getting themselves into? Pastor Michael continued by saying that when you as a 15, 16 or 17 year old engage in these activities, not only are you joining yourself to this person physically, but also emotionally and spiritually. And so whatever they were going through emotionally, a part of that is left with you. And you get surprised when you have sudden anger issues. And that's only because you and your sexual partner have become one. And of course, not everyone believes in soul ties. And that's okay. But it doesn't mean that we shouldn't have discussions about it. And so without further ado, I'll introduce my guest feature for this episode. His name is Bishop Vincent Mafu. He is an international best-selling author, transformational speaker, and coach. Let's hear what he has to say. Can you please define what a soul tie is and how it can affect a person's life? Basically, when we talk about soul ties, we are talking about soul union. Mm. Um, for me to be able to define what a soul tie is, I must be able to define what a soul is. Mm. I believe that the soul of a person is their mind, their will, and the seat of emotion. That three tripart dimension of a person makes a soul tie. The seat of your emotion, the seat of decision making, that makes a soul tie. And also, the realm of your, the halo of your spirit mm-hmm. is a soul. So when we talk about a soul tie, we're saying whatever is yoked or whatever is bound, or whatever is connected to your soul becomes a tie. To tie means to knot. Mm-hmm. To tie means to cleave. To tie means to yield, to, to, to bind together. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about soul ties, we're saying everything that is tied to your soul becomes a soul tie whether it's a person whether it's a place whether it's an it is is an event whether it's a memory whether it's a dream if it's tied to your soul it has what i call a soul investment and that is defined as a soul tie and how can a soul tie affect a person's life your soul is your personality Mm. your soul is the memory of your mind Mm. your soul is your persona your soul is the very thing that allows you to connect with the cosmic. Mm-hmm. It is your soul that allows you to connect with the deities, the gods, the god, whatever you want to call it. Yes. It is your soul. So when you ask me how that affects you, it affects you uh, very much So because your life, perspe- your life perspective is determined by your soul time. Yes. Whatever your soul is tied to gives you your taste, it gives you your proclivities, it gives you everything. So your life is the direct result of your soul ties, if I may bluntly put it. Mm. Your life is literally directly influenced by what your soul is tied to. Mm. Your choices are affected by what your soul, your soul is tied to. Your dreams 
are affected by what your soul is tied to. So holistically, your whole life is influenced by your soul ties. Sure. Or soul ties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and are soul ties always a negative thing? I like that question mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. usually uh, uh, people teach soul ties. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a, a, a positive, a negative perspective, yes, yes. you know, mm. soul ties in their etymologies are good. They are meant to make relations permanent. Soul ties are not a bad thing. They became a soul tie becomes bad if your soul is tied to something that perforates your soul. Mm. Soul ties become bad when your, your when your soul is tied to someone that's contrary to your destiny. Soul ties become bad when your soul is tied to someone whom your guides and your guidance do not approve of. Mm. Then we say you've got a negative soul tie. But soul ties in their etymologies are good things. Do soul ties only exist in certain religions? That's a beautiful question. Uh, the more Religion is actually a, a, an enemy to relationships. Mm. When we define the concept of soul ties, it comes within the circumference of relationship. Mm. And, and and soul ties are properties of relational equations, whether with deities, with people, with places. So I'll be honest with you, the greatest uh, danger is to have a soul tie with a religious entity. Sure. The word religion means to, to refuse to grow. The word religion means to refute stretch. So soul ties is not a property of religion. Religion is an invention of man. Mm. But soul ties are literally the evolution and involution of of life. They are they, they are part of the cosmic. They are part of the spiritual. You know, so we cannot disrespect or relegate soul ties to religion. Religion mm. is too small of a construct mm. to say soul ties exist within religious construct. No, religion is too small. To own a soul tie concept, soul ties are older than religion. Religion is as old as men, but soul ties are older than men. Now, say for instance, I am a seventeen-year-old girl or boy who um, has already engaged in sexual activities with five different people. Um, how will that <clears throat> affect me, not only now but also in the long run? That's a beautiful question. Let me first say. There are levels of soul tie. Mm. Sex is just one of them. Yeah. Soul ties are not always formed by sex. Mm. Sexual ties connect souls. Whoever you have sex with, your soul becomes tied to. When you have sex with more than one person, you have what I call a scattered soul. Your soul is floating in different universes. You were not designed to be a scattered vessel. So through sex, sex is a door that connects souls of people. Mm. This is why some people have depression. This is why some people have multiple personality syndrome. This is why certain people have multiple dreams that are diverse. This is why people are dealing with what I call foreign spirits or foreign warfare, Mm. which is things that don't exist within your bloodline, but you got them through your sexual ties. So if you are a person that is has slept around as a 17-year-old with the five people, you have scattered your soul, you've perforated your soul. You have what I call love walls. You do not know how to cleave. You do not know how to connect with the person because your soul has been scattered through sex. Mm-hmm. Sex is an instrument of connecting souls. Sex is not just about the person. Sex connects with the person's ancestors. Sex connects with the person's history. Sex connects with the person's uh, generational bloodline patterns. Sex connects you with the with the spirits that exist within a person's house. If umund elobis lokwan and you have sex with them, they can nominate you to that because sex becomes a nominee. So when we talk about sex, we are literally talking about an instrument of connecting souls. Be careful who you have sex with; you become mm-hmm. tied to. Let me put this as a, a as a deep thing. Mm-hmm. as a deep disclaimer or a deep point if you have sex with a person you have sex with a tribe so when you have sex with a person you have sex with their tribe mm-hmm. whoever you have sex with you've had sex with the whole tribe it becomes a tribal consent mm-hmm. and would you say that the manner in which 
our country is run nowadays and kids having more freedom and rights that it also plays a part in the number of young people that are affected by these soul ties especially in south africa definitely Mm. You, you, we, 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 you, you are touching on something very broad and very vivid and lucid. I'll say this: mm. South African laws and South African system or Europe, um, African dynamics of co- uh, constitution—they mm. are not African; they are Eurocentric, and our minds are tied to Eurocentric constructs, which is what I call a mental soul tie. A psychological soldier. Mm. So we are black people that think like white people. Yeah. Let's even talk about yeah. the concept of our sexuality in that. I'm coming to what you say. Mm. There's what I call sexploitation, where the concept of sex has been colonized. You find the terminologies that we use for sex that we have, they're non-African. Mm. The books that we read, Kamasatra, Tantra, Tantric sex, Kamasatra sex, Doggy Style, and all these things, they're non, they non-African. Mm. And I wish we understood the spiritual energy of sex. Because when you engage in sex, you're engaging with the emission of frequency. So when you talk about our values as Africans of saying uh, we, we have uh, Eurocentric standards, yes. We have a Eurocentric from the pollution of Umkulu called the television. Mm. That begins to contaminate the frequency and the framework of perception. And we have what we call image and nation, imagination. It's for me, I break that word as imagination, Mm -hmm. which means that the image of our nation is literally run by Eurocentric devices. So to answer your question, yes, we are an African. We are literally divorced. We do not know what to be African is Mm -hmm. because of Eurocentricism. Rights, they are no rights to life. The moment you give rights to life, it is the cessation of existence. There's no such thing as rights. And the ones that impose those rights become gods to us. And those gods become the very images that we want to express in the lives that we live. So I would say this. They, 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 we, we, we have no concept of understanding Africanness within the concept of mental soul ties. Soul ties are sexual. Soul ties are by blood. Soul ties are by relationship. Soul ties are by marriage. Soul ties are by consent. And soul ties are by submission. So by submitting to American or European standards, mm. we literally forfeit being African. And on what you just said, um, do you think that most of the problems that we face today, such as gender-based violence, substance abuse and crime, are caused by soul ties? And would they be solved if we went back to following um, African traditions? Very good question. We have to balance that in that we are living in an ever-evolving world. Mm. And those that are propagators of Africanness are stuck in the past. Mm. So I really want to say that as we evolve in being African, GBV is a cancer Mm. that exists in the heart of a man. That is not in in connection with himself. Let me qualify that. A man who beats a woman is literally reflecting how he feels about himself. There's what I call personal soul ties that have nothing to do with others. How I'm connected to myself determines how I connect to the woman I love. If you want to see how a person feels about themselves, themselves, Mm. look at how they treat their spouse. Your choice of a spouse is literally a statement of how you feel about yourself. GBV is a depiction of people who feel like foolish and useless to themselves. They therefore act out how they feel about themselves to their partners. A man that beats a woman is a sick man, estrogenic freak who does not know how to, what to do with himself. And he acts out how he feels on himself, on the female. Mm. And let me say that again. The worst form of GB, GBV, gender-based violence, mm. is a woman who employs a man to beat her. She dates a man who would beat her because she cannot do to herself what he does to her. So mm-hmm. she employs him through relationships to do to her what she can't do to herself. So for me, GBV is literally based on the platform of a rotten soul tie with the self. 
it is a contaminated relationship with the self. If I beat a woman, I'm rotten to the core and I act out how I feel about myself on the female. If a female tolerates an abusive man, it is because she feels rotten and self-abuses and employs the man to beat her through relationship. So GBV to me is a dual frequency. When we talk about GBV didactics, it is to me a realm of a negative soul tie, negative self-connection. Because if I'm connected with myself, and I don't have a good relationship with myself, it will act out with those that I externally connect with. Why would you say that um, many people have stopped following some of the African traditions? Colonization. Um, Let me tell you, never underestimate the power of colonization. Colonization is the death of self. You can never have identity without culture. And whatever castrates you from your culture kills you from your identity. Colonization is deeper than has been taught. Colonization is more lethal than has been taught. The reason why you ask me that question is because of colonization. It is the mother mm. and father and grandmother of that aberration that you just asked me. So the reason why people are like that is because of colonization. People have been disconnected from the self mm. and they've been connected to foreign. It is the destruction of our values the destruction of our culture, the demonization of our heritage, the demonization of our bloodline. Mm. Once I see my ancestors as demons, what am I? Mm. A demon. What's your take on parents giving their children the names that were given to their ancestors? It is a great thing because the only way to extend into the future is names. Mm. I think that we need to understand the concept and the power of naming. When we give names, I believe that every child born is an ancestor returning to accomplish a particular agenda and assignment. Mm -hmm. So when we give names, we are extending assignment, we are extending agenda. We don't just give names, we give assignments. A name is an assignment. A name is a a divine agenda of the spiritual cosmic uh, realm. So if we do not give our children names within the circumference of our culture, our being, our spirituality and our ancestors, then we are literally short-circuiting the cycle of calling. Mm. So every child that is born is an ancestor coming back to accomplish an assignment that was failed, an extension of grace to the next level. Mm. So we have got to keep the names and the sacred prophecies of the bloodline by recycling that. Mm-hmm. until the bloodline is recycled to another level and until the trajectory of the bloodline is turned we will give the names of kings we'll give the names of priestesses we'll give the names of, of, of high priests until the bloodline agenda is accomplished and it is never accomplished because the bloodline is a cycle that repeats itself the moment you introduce a foreign name you contaminate the equation and I also feel like most of the time, um, women are the ones being told about soul ties. And it's as if um, soul ties only affect women. But what about men? Because I'm sure that they also suffer a great deal from this. And um, what advice would you give to a teenage boy who has a bucket list of sleeping with 20 different girls before they turn 20 wow okay women are planets men are the sun Mm. when i teach about that men carry the seed women receive the seed i believe that the greatest in the human equation is the female yes she's the teacher she's the incubator she's your first concept of god so the responsibility that we give women is that they are the strongest in the human equation Mm-hmm. The unfortunate part is that chivalry and chauvinistic attitudes and uh, chauvinistic proclivities that we brought as foreign edicts to black culture and African culture have killed that. We've always respected the concept of queen. Mm-hmm. We've always understood the concept of queen. We've always known that the preservation of the queen is the preservation of a generation. Malcolm X said something powerful that if you want to see how a a, a species of people feels about itself, look at how it treats the female. So we can therefore deduce that how how a humanity, how a species treats the female is a depiction 
of how that species feels about itself. Mm. When I talk about soil ties, number one, you must understand that not every semen that comes into a woman, she leaves it. When a woman has sex with a man with no protection, the remaining semen is attached in her bones and it remains in a bone marrow. And part of this plasma material is it, if it's a male, goes to her brain and is forever attached there, mm. biologically speaking. Mm. Therefore, the woman is the template of life. The woman is the organic incubator of what the future will look like. Mm. What I would say to every woman is that you are the doors of life. Nothing is permitted to live unless it comes to the door of a woman. So we won't put more emphasis on the female because it is the greatest in the equation of life. Men are seed carriers. A woman's womb is a canvas. A man's penis is the pen that draws on that canvas. I can look into the future of what a woman will produce by the pen that is drawing on that canvas. A man that sleeps around is a man that contaminates and makes his pen blunt mm. so much that when the portrait of destiny is called, it could be too blunt from drawing on illegal canvases. Do not, as a woman, allow your canvas to be polluted by the unqualified penises and bands. But as a man, don't splatter your seed on the unqualified ground. Because by the time you want to give seed on the qualified ground, it would be too late. So, soldiers are important. A woman can have sex with a man and divorce the, and forget the man. But the man sits attached in her bones, can speak in the body and the substance of a man mm. that she's married to. You can have, you can give birth to a man that looks like your husband because of chromosological compatibility. You can give birth to a man that is called your husband's hairline, your husband's beard, your husband's nose. But you can literally give birth to a child that is the substance of the many test in your bones. So looks and everything, compatibility is not right. Sex is an avenue. Sex is a door. Sex is literally life. Don't play with soul ties. Let me say this, woman. Do not cook for a man who has not honored your father. Do not sweep in the house of a man that has not honored your father. You sweep the grounds of that man and the dust goes up and the ancestors of that man accept you you will never be accepted in the house of another man. You must understand the protocols of spirituality and sexuality. Every environment has got protocols of engagement. So when I talk about soul ties, when I talk about spirituality and sexuality and physicality mm. and the metaphysics of connection, I'm telling you right now that in the realm of soul ties, you can give birth to a boy that looks like, like, like Fred with the substance of Henry. With men, be careful where you write you are a seed. Let me say this. Men are farmers. Women are land. Mm. When you meet a woman, she, she is the subtotal of the seeds that have been planted in her. When you meet a happy woman, when you meet a confident woman, when you meet a, a, a woman full of life, it is the result of the farmer that is planted those seeds. Whether the farmer is the father, whether the farmer is the husband, a boyfriend, an uncle. But women have no seed. Women depend on seed. And women only give fruit based on the seed planted in them. Which means that when we look at a generation of angry women, it is because of farmers with angry seeds. And lastly, how does one break soul ties? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very good. It depends what soul tie it is. Mm. I'll give you seven major realms of soul ties. If a woman carries a child and she aborts a child, she has a soul tie with death. Sure. She must be cleansed. Because once you carry a child and your body activates being a mother, mm -hmm. your breast not, milk is coming. Your body alters and there are some liquids that are activated in your body. Let's not go into the biology of it. Mm -hmm. And then you kill that child and abort it prematurely your body enters into a covenant with death mm. you will know biologically that most women that miscarry the first time or that abort tend to have miscarriages consecutive or consistent miscarriages until something happens because the womb enters into a covenant with the tomb mm. the womb becomes a tomb so if you enter mm. 
that type mm-hmm. of soul tie where you are a life giver but you become a life taker you contaminate your womb concentrate your womb with death and the spirit and the vibration of death remains in your womb if you don't get cleansed you are bound to a soul tie of death sure. that's a topic for another day but you mm-hmm. must be cleansed you must be addressed they must you cannot just pray about this or no you must be cleansed from a soul tie of death mm. number two if you miscarry miscarriage is the involute is the involuntary loss of a life you didn't want to lose it but it happened mm. that's a soul tie with death as well three if you become a widow that's a soul tie with death i'm giving you soul ties with death mm-hmm. in different categories and levels marriage if you marry and you divorce divorce is the death of relationship mm. divorce is death with no burial divorce is like amputation a part of you is always missing so if you divorce you must be cleansed or you will always divorce you realize that people divorce once if they marry they will divorce up to seven times mm. if not more because they did not address the soul tie of divorce or death of relationship sex when you have multiple sexual partners it one can close your spiritual sea nerves it can pollute you it can disconnect you with your angels and your guidance it can literally contaminate your future when you have sex with the wrong person mm. when you have sex with an assigned assassin an assigned destiny assassin someone projected into your life to pollute you to clock you to prohibit you from being the best version of yourself when you have that sex multiple sexual partners scatter your soul they cause what i call love holes you have to literally break them you have to break up with them you have to get rid of everything they gave you you have to release yourself from any verbal covenant i've seen people enter love soul ties where they put their names in padlocks like if you go to france mm-hmm. and paris Mm-hmm. there is a particular bridge where you lovers go it's called the lovers bridge something yes. and you put a key and you throw your key in the lake and you leave it hanging there mm-hmm. that is brutally that's a spiritual aberration for you to do that with somebody who's not paid no bola to your father someone who's not broadcast to your house somebody who's not honored your ancestral lineage for them to suddenly tie you to a key mm-hmm. who's who's giving them that permission who's giving them the right to lock you in a padlock of love and do that It's romantic but an aberration so when we talk about soul ties of that nature you need to go back to paris take back that key unlock that padlock and release yourself from the yoke so I, i'm just running across because you, you you know these are, are topics on them home you know so you we are talking about those those soul ties we have parental soul ties parental with pivotal people yeah. if you are raised by an evil aunt if you are raised by a witch a wizard a warlock someone who was jealous of your star someone who was jealous of your potential and they they they, they were jealous of you and they spoke words over you nobody will ever love you mm-hmm. nobody will respect you you will never amount to anything and they spoke that on the platform of being a pivotal person they bound you to a soul tie and this is what we call a soul tie with a pivotal person these types of soul ties can cause you to self sabotage self abort and become an aborted version of what destiny requires you to be all these soul ties have to be broken mm. i want to talk about the soul tie from rape mm. some people were raped that could create a soul tie a soul tie of rape a soul tie of sexual miscarriage and yes sometimes when they were raping you orgasm and you climaxed and you and you felt something because your body betrayed you that does not mean it was right that's a soul tie and that soul tie must be addressed you must confront the person that defiled your body so all these soldiers come you can never conquer what you don't confront so if you are going to deal with soldiers confrontation is going to be a critical key compromise is going to be a critical key and there are things that you have to cut off these are the three cardinal points of dealing with the soldier you need to identify what i must confront you need to identify what i must cut off and you need to identify what you must compromise Thank you so much Mr. Mafu for joining me today. I really appreciate it. You are welcome. Thank you. Thank I you. hope I was clear. Yes. Sometimes people say I'm not clear talk too fast. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wow.
I don't know about you, but personally, I am astounded. Mr. Mafu has expounded this topic in a manner that even as a 14 or 50 year old, you will understand what he is saying and his words will definitely stay with you forever literally but moving on with the show up next we have a fellow 2000 baby dimple myla let's hear what she has to tell us um do you believe in soul ties and if so what do they mean to you um do they play a huge role as to how you go about your life and carry yourself um definitely definitely i for one believe in soul ties um i think um i listened to um pastor mike todd right yes, so yes. he 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 had a he had a sermon where he taught a lot about it and what he said is that um when people get married right mm-hmm. it's not the actual ceremony but it's yes. what happens after the marriage mm-hmm. in the bedroom that actually ties them together yes. right that actually ties their souls together. So um, he said that um, multiple people, like when you have um, sex with a person, like you see when you take two card boxes oh, or yes, two papers yes, yes. and you and you stick them together. Mm, and you try to rip them apart. A piece of... Exactly. So pieces... Mm. Exactly. Mm. So um, he, he he asked how many people are you like married to? Yes. Because that's like marriage. Mm. And and he said what? And the Bible says what God has put together, no one shall separate. But we are busy ripping and sticking card boxes together, and parts of us are left in other people, mm. and people take parts of us. Do you think that Ama 2000 really, really understand what soul ties are? No, no, we don't, mm. honestly. Because mm. um, I, I personally, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm really gonna be honest. Number one, can I just say something? I'm Christian and I'm born again, right? Mm. But I'm just gonna be honest. Um, we don't, we don't, because what we are told in church is. Do not have sex before marriage because sex is a sin, right? Sex mm. is a sin before marriage. Mm. But we, we are told that this disgusting thing called sex, don't do it, but just save it for your husband. Mm. And it's like, okay, it's disgusting. I'm saving it for someone I'm going to get married to. Like, why? So we, we are not really taught about these things. Mm. And whenever you have, like, questions, it's just that you, you're being disobedient. You're so we don't really, we, we don't, I don't want to lie, we don't understand. Mm. We don't. Mm. Have you ever been taught or told about soul ties and what they can do to a person? Because usually I find that when it comes to topics such as sex, our parents and teachers always tell us about HIV and teenage pregnancy, which is also a good thing. I mean, it protects us from a lot of things. But what about the spiritual side of things? We, we've never been taught. We've never. Mm. I, I've never personally, in my church, wherever, by my parents, I've never even had the sex talk with my parents. Like, trust me. Um, we Topics like that are, 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 like, they tend to run away from them. Yes. And the thing is... Um, it's nothing we don't know. I don't. I don't want to. It's nothing we don't know. It's like when you mention the word. It's like no, no, no. We know all that. We know. Mm-hmm. We know it. We just need you to to explain to us about mm-hmm. soul ties. When you ask such questions in church, even in church, it's like you don't do that. You don't ask mm-hmm. that. And and one of the things is that um, if 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 the church does not tell us about this, then mm-hmm. it leads to the world telling us about it. It's one of the things yes, that you said, right? So, yes, yes, yes. So it's like we are not learning from this. So there's an opportunity that the 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 devil gets, mm-hmm. as as even the Bible says, my people are dying from lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So we need to learn about these things. We need to stop running away from such topics. And would you say that because it's not spoken of or taught to us enough that it has led to us as teenagers not being cautious 
as to who we choose to engage in sexual activities with. Hence, we hear a lot about things such as one-night stands. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. Because I feel like if, if you know more about something, um, you, you, you'd weigh your options, you'd think twice before doing it because mm-hmm. you know what will happen, what might happen. These are the consequences. I'm going to be tied to this person. So if you know that, you, 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 I think we'll be more careful mm-hmm. about what we do and the decisions that we take. Um, and not everyone believes that soul ties exist, right? So would you say that yes. soul ties only affect those who believe that they exist? Or will everyone eventually get affected by soul ties? I think eventually everyone will be affected, mm. honestly. Mm. Because it's a thing that's there. It's just there. Whether you believe it or not, it's there. And I mean, you can see, I feel like you will eventually see it in, let's say, maybe not now, but in the later. But later in life. You will see the effects. Why do you think that teenagers nowadays think that not being a virgin is cool? And how can we restore that sense of pride that one should have about being a virgin? Um, I think it's because okay, okay, can, can I can I like separate it? Can mm. I speak on like the boys mm, mm, um, mm. first? So the boys from the girls. What I hear from the girls. <laughs> um, okay, so the girls often say like, I don't want a man that's not experienced. I don't want a boyfriend that's not experienced. He must mm. know what he must what he must do and all that. And I think that puts pressure on the boys too, and and even in the community um, of boys. If you are one, then it's like yeah. you're Very like nice. you're you're yeah. missing out on yeah. life. Yeah. And I think if we if we if we teach more, even to the girls, if we teach more about this topic, if we speak more about this, if we we get information to the people, mm. um, to to the teenagers actually, it's 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 gonna they'll understand why being a virgin is important. They'll mm. understand why um, abstaining is important. Mm. So I think if we if we just teach more speak up more about these things mm-hmm. then i think it will change how people view and on what you just said about uh well with boys being a virgin is like yo it's like um what would you say to a boy who feels like they need to lose their virginity at a young age because of the pressure that they receive from society um i would say um, people that do right things aren't mm. the most popular people and they aren't the most liked people. Mm. So y- you may be seen as dumb or whatever, but as long as you know that you're doing the right thing for yourself, because at the end of the, at the, end of the day, it's about you. It's not about anyone else. It's not about what someone thinks about you. It's not what someone says about you. Mm. It's about you. Mm. It's about your life and your future. Mm. So at the Put yourself first. Forget forget what other people say. Put yourself first and mm. do what's right for yourself. And I think that also applies to girls also. Can I just say one last thing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> one last thing. Um, um, to anyone that has lost their virginity and that mm. has slept with multiple people and has... God still loves you. It's not that he doesn't. He still loves you. He's, he wants you um, mm. to, to, to come to him and ask for forgiveness. It's never too late. Thank you for those wise words. I think as Ama 2000, we need to realize that being a virgin is not something that should make you feel humiliated. Instead, embrace it and be proud. Nevertheless, I shall now introduce my last guest feature for this episode, Pastor Tekla Dorcas. She is a motivational speaker and professional network marketer. What would you say to a teenager when it comes to... In my own perspective, in my own understanding of what sex is and what marriage is, first and foremost, I believe that the topic or the issue of sex, whatever decision a person takes it's out of choice and i believe that 
uh, the youth should be given the opportunity to choose wisely based on the information, the right information that should be at their disposal. Because when I look at the issue of sex, it's not only about, you know what, uh, it's an activity because someone is engaging into or exploring their sexuality. Mm. Uh, but people should understand that it's not only about us exploring our sexuality because we are growing, we are developing, but there are conditions or consequences that are attached to this. Mm. So when I look at sex, it's like an umbrella word because we oftentimes look at it on the physicality of it. Mm. But we should not ignore that when we speak of sex, feelings are involved. You know, the mind is involved, the heart is involved. So in a way, as a teenager, I believe that having sex or opening yourself up, it's like you are opening your space, not only about just opening your body up for someone else, but you are opening spaces of your mind, spaces of your heart to someone else. And I pray that you know, this is the mistake that many teenagers, they will think that it's only about just feelings. At the end of the day, they are attaching themselves on another level, on another dimension with that person. So it can be a problem now when you engage in these things. You know, another thing that I discovered was that sex is not actually only limited to the physical act, but actually it is a spiritual, it's a spiritual act. Remember, when God created us, he, he, he made sex to be a platform of creation. It's a platform to form something, to bring forth life. So when you do it, you might not get pregnant, you might not see a child then, but know that you have created something, spiritually speaking. Mm -hmm. So when the elderly people will be now coming to a teenager and say, we advise that if it is possible, wait and wait for the right time in marriage. It is good because, you know what, this is where the issue of, uh, you know what, a unplanned pregnancies can come into play. And I've seen many teenagers who have had their future or destinies crushed because of that decision of saying, okay, let me have sex now, whereas you'll be attached with the responsibility that can last you for a lifetime. And some teenagers will be dealing with the issue, they will think that they are ready for sex. Not knowing that physically they will look at themselves, they think they are ready, feel like they are ready, but they will see that emotionally they are not ready. Mm -hmm. And because they are not ready, that's why we are seeing that even other people will start engaging into abortion. So it is a very broad thing that I believe that if teenagers can understand that there is power in waiting, because one, when you wait, you are waiting for the right person. Mm. It's not about just saying, you know what, I'm giving my, my virginity to someone, but it's about giving a part of your soul, a part of your mind, a part of your heart to someone. So you rather wait for marriage and not only to just say, I'll wait for marriage with the right person. So I believe that this is another part that people neglect of saying, you know what, rather just be in marriage to have sex, but also it matters who you are going to be in marriage with mm -hmm. because this is something that is very sacred and we need to be honest and realistic with one another that no this thing is very sacred you need to have the right partner also even when you are entering into marriage on what you just said about um waiting for the right person um, let's say I do wait for the right person and preserve myself for marriage. Um, what happens um, when I marry someone and they aren't healthy for me emotionally and spiritually? Was the wait worth it? You know, this is a very interesting question. What do you do when someone, you have done everything as you have been guided and now you find that you are in the marriage but this person is not right for you okay you know the first thing that attracts us to someone is because of what we see and what we perceive we or what we perceive is the right thing and how we feel in the form of attraction so when we enter into marriages based on those things that either you have been attracted to this person 
and you have a perception to say, okay, they're going to love me. They're going to respect me. Uh, they're going to, you know what, do everything for me. And you conclude based on what you are seeing with the naked eye. It becomes a danger when you are inside and you see that, no, it's not what I was expecting. Mm. Now, this is the reason why you find that other people, they become miserable. Other people, they will be under stress, under depression. It's like you are in and you are suffocating. You cannot even come out. Then this is whereby you see that the relation becomes toxic. This is whereby you see abuse will be coming in. This is whereby you see that people will not be satisfied in the marriage. Let me show you something about the Bible. You know, when God created men in the book of Genesis, the Bible will tell you very well that when Adam eh, was, was formed, Eve was part of Adam. But God had to put Adam to sleep and say, let me bring out the rib so that I can form Eve. But what we see more about God is that God has to take Eve to Adam. Because I believe that God was trying to show us, Uguti, yes, it's right to wait, but in your waiting also, for you to find the right person, you need some form of guidance. Because you wouldn't know what you are going for. Remember, it's Eve. It's, it's just after her formation. She doesn't know what adam is going to look like if only she didn't have the guidance of god she was going to marry anything or just be attached to anything that she mm -hmm. found at that moment but because god now holds her by the hand there is power in allowing god as a teenager to hold you by the hand especially when it comes to the issues of relationships so that you can be attached to the right person because if you find yourself in a wrong marriage because you convinced yourself that it is the right one Chances either you are going to be like a rib which is not feeling or fitting the space. Either you're going to be too big for that whatever rib cage. This is where you see that you'll be so discomfortable in that relationship. Whatever you do is never enough. Whatever you try to achieve, you will start being drained in the process. Mm -hmm. This is why you are seeing that many people who are now married, they are becoming drained because they have become too big for the shoes they are trying to fit. And when you become too small for the shoes that you want to fit, you will forever be unsatisfied. Nothing is going to satisfy you. And I speak, when I speak of not being satisfied, I'm speaking of all areas of your life, sexually, emotionally, mentally, you will not be satisfied. No matter how good the person might be looking, no matter how people might even look at that marriage, but because you are now inside, and you did not allow the guidance of God to help you, to take you to where you are supposed to go, there are chances that you will not be happy. This is why now you see people now thinking, oh, but you know what, let me just divorce. Let me just divorce, let me come out of it. Mm -hmm. But now we have to ask ourselves, was God in the equation of you entering into that relationship now mm -hmm. in the first place? My dear, I believe that God speaks to all of us. I believe that as teenagers, let us not only just decide because of what we are seeing with the naked eye. Let us not decide because of the things that we are seeing around the people that we are connected to. But let God guide a teenager, you know what, as you grow yourself to be someone who is a younger version of yourself. Before you do these commitments of marriages, because both parties, chances are that you will not be yet mature for what you are entering into. So it has a way of suffocating you, draining you. This is why you see that many will lose their dreams, their purpose, their vision, their drive for life. Because it is a step that will need you to have God guide you. What happens um, when I, for instance, I have no dreams of getting married, but that's only because of things like um, gender-based violence and all these things that are currently happening but I do want kids in the future. Um, would that be considered a sin? You know, uh, my dear, uh, thank you so much again for that question. As you are saying it, you are saying it very right, that because of the issues in our societies, the mm. issues in the families, uh, children are growing in front of, uh, whereby maybe the, 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 the family setup is a, a single parent heading it, 
or they are having both parents, but there is violence, there is abuse. And remember, abuse also is dimensional. So it is a way whereby when you are a teenager and you are growing in such an environment, it is justified that you have an instinct to say, you know what? I don't want to go through what my parent is going through. Mm -hmm. I don't want to face the same challenges as my parents is, is facing. Rather, I opt for me just having, you know, it's also about you just telling yourself that, you know what, I don't need the strain of being attached to someone mm -hmm. or the pressure of someone controlling you. Let me just have a child on my own. I work, I take care of them. And honestly speaking, from that point of view, it is justified. It is justified. I'm not saying that it is correct, but I'm saying it's what? It's justified based on the circumstances surrounding. But now, if I am to to answer it from the point of view uh, of what God says or how God views it, someone having a child out of wedlock, mm -hmm. out of marriage, will God accept or will God bless whatever that you are bringing into the world? The thing is, you are going to find yourself that because God said he honors a marriage, he honors marriage, he honors sex. And when, when, when he allows people to engage in such a way, he gives them a gift of a child. So with God, a child is supposed to come by the formula of marriage. But because mm -hmm. of the society we are living in, it's not becoming highly likely. And we cannot crucify people because of that. But biblically now, God will be saying, no, I have got a, a legal channel or the way that I see that it is supposed to happen like this. And when I look at it that way, this is whereby you see that other people, they will be very strict to say, no, it is a sin to find yourself having a child out of wedlock. Mm. But when we come to face what we are facing now with the reality of the world that we are living in, this is whereby we need the mercy of God. We need the mercy of God to say, God, you know what? We, we need your grace to help us that whatever choice that we are making, let us not face it on our own. Because this is you speaking from the point of saying, it is my will, God. Because of the circumstances surrounding me, I just choose to have a child without being attached to anyone, without the strain of seeking maintenance, without the stress of saying, hey, yes, in, you explain things to someone. Mm. But I will take care of and everything so it's about going back to god and say god give me the mercy that i'll be able to be both parents to this child because at the end of the day my dear it's about how that child is going to become mm. because if we just say uh, all children are supposed to come from married couples married homes uh, it's not also a guarantee that they are going to come out okay mm -hmm. so it's about asking for grace if you make that choice out of your own free will this is something about god god gives us free will as people but now you'll be saying god i am choosing this way let it not be a burden on me but by your grace you will help me to maneuver it mm -hmm. so that I I, I I i i i build my child because the aim is to build your child to be a better version of yourself yes or to be better than what you experienced in your past. It's not about trying to make a repetition of yourself or of where you are coming from. Mm -hmm. So if I look at it from this way, by being realistic with the way that, you know, violence is, is skyrocketing, abuse is skyrocketing. Mm -hmm. It's understandable when a teenager says, I would opt for this mm -hmm. because they are trying to, you know what, create a better vision of themselves through that child. So we need to say, God, just give us the grace and the mercy so that I can what I can do it and do justice on the life of that child. Not necessarily by just saying, okay, I need to be attached. No. Most of the time we think of soul ties as something that is created sexually. But what about in African traditions where rituals of joining two families are done and goats and chickens are slaughtered is that also a form of a soul tie when when we look at it uh, from the african culture the way that things have been uh, happening in different tribes you know as you are saying it you are saying it right soul ties is not only about a 
it being forged through sex, no. But it can be done in very different ways. So when 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 people are doing uh, that, they will tell you that it's either they are trying to, uh, especially during weddings, they are joining the two sides together. More than just joining the physical side of the people, they're joining them even spiritually. But I believe, my dear, that it is a soul tie. Because whatever that will happen, or whatever that will transpire soon after, it will be now influenced by the agreement that has been done. Because it is a form of agreement. It is now bigger than just a verbal agreement. So when people are now going to go to the extent as African people, we now slaughter things. It's like we are just uh, taking the agreement to the other level. Why? You know, this this is something that is also in the Bible. That uh, when you remember the story of uh, Abel and Cain, the Bible will tell you that they bought sacrifices. They brought sacrifices unto the Lord. So if you come to look at it, Abel brought a, an animal and blood had to be shed. And Cain brings that which grows from the ground like fruits and all that. But God accepts what had the shedding of blood. It was not only about the, the killing of the animal, but there is something whereby when even God is engaging into a covenant with even people, it's a way of sealing things or making mm. God to respect whatever agreement that is happening there. Mm -hmm. So even traditionally as people in, in the African culture, I will not say it, it's a soul type per se, but I will not say it's a covenant. And this is why you see that covenants become so serious that they can speak over families, over people. And indeed, yeah, if I can say it simpler, it's now a soul tie, yes. But it has a voice, it has a voice that can speak over houses, over lives, over, you know what, even bloodlines. Mm. Because as long as there's the spilling of blood, know that God will not even ignore the shedding of blood. It's a verbal agreement and a spiritual agreement in the realm of the spirit. Mm. So it's something that joins people not only physically, but spiritually. This is why you see that it becomes difficult when people want to run away from it or people want to break it because it's more than now a soldier, it's a covenant. Mm -hmm. And that's why you see that when you want to come out of it, they'll tell you that you need to sacrifice again. What's your take on giving babies then, or children the names of their ancestors? Can that also be, um, in a way, a bad soul tie? Giving... The, the, the children are uh, the names of their ancestors. Uh, back then, my dear, in all honesty, mm. I believe that uh, it, it sounded okay. It was justified because I believe that people, uh, I think 30, 40 years back, uh, they, they were limited by the enlightenment they had in that time they 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 believe that you know what a name has to continue i believe they were only looking at it from the point of view of saying it's just a name not knowing that there is also the realm of the spirit which will also find a way to manifest in the name and now it's not only not only about the name but it will start interfering with even how that person is going to live how that person is going to even make decisions about life, even how things are going to turn out or work out in their life. You know, when we look at the issue of names, it might sound like it's very innocent. A name is just innocent. But if you look maybe at the person who was having that name, like let me make an example. Maybe the person will be called John. And because it's now a name in the family that every firstborn child has to be given that name. Mm you'll find that whatever that is happening to the John of today, because it's now a name that is in the family, the events, if you track them, they are so similar. And this is where now you will see that people will now be saying, it is now a generational case. Mm. It's a doorway that can be opened because of being limited in understanding. And it is a way of interfering with people's lives. That 
even if you try to fight that battle, it becomes so hard for someone. And it's painful that as a teenager, you, you know very well that you're doing everything right. But maybe the problem is the name. It will just continue. It will be like a cloud hovering on top of your life. If whoever your name is connected to was also having the same problem, it's like it's a continuation of a story that teenagers are struggling with today. So I believe in my own understanding now, Uti, it's not wise anymore because we are becoming more enlightened that we should tie the generations and the next generations to our names. No, let everyone be given the freedom to have a name so that whatever that comes forth with that name, let it be on their own level, not Uti, they carry now the burden of someone else who came before an ancestor because it becomes a continuation of a story. And it's unfortunate because we are we find ourselves fighting the same battles over and over again. Whereas maybe the problem is just about maybe people just stopping this thing of using mm -hmm. other people's names, respectfully speaking, and just say, okay, let us just take another route and see that won't we have different results now? Mm -hmm. Because a name is different from, uh, you know what, from other things. A name is very spiritual, my dear. This is why you see that in other cultures, before a child is given a name, you cannot give a child a name empty-handed. Hmm. They will tell you that bring an offering, bring something in your hand, so that so that the name can have a what? It can stay on the child. To see how how spiritual things are. Mm. You do not give a child a name empty-handed. You need to bring something. So this is this is something that I believe that it needs also to be rectified as we mm. go. And would you say that churches are also at fault by not speaking and teaching the youth about things as such as soul ties enough? You know, in all honesty, mm. The church is supposed to be a place whereby, you know, the truth is, is spoken. But unfortunately, it's like most of the things that are bringing forth soul ties are actually happening from the churches. Because we are finding that teenagers are meeting each other in church. And because of not being enlightened enough, they engage in things. Remember, when soul ties are being formed, it's not only about people young people engaging in sex alone. But a soul tie can be forged also when you, you you connect yourself to someone. You know what, without an understanding that, you know what, I'm tying myself to this person and it will have an impact and an effect on me. So it has been a way by the church. I don't know if it is shy to talk about this. I don't know. I don't know why the church is, is a bit silent. It's like it's quiet on the issues of soul ties because now, when things are not okay and teenagers are facing problems because of these soul ties, even if they find themselves in toxic relationships, they are struggling to come out because what they've joined together is not about the flesh. It's about their emotions. It's about their heart, their feelings. And remember, as you are growing, you know what? Your emotions and your feelings have a way of speaking over you more that it will determine how you are going to decide. So even if someone is going to be abusing you as a teenager, because now you are so connected, you have a way of justifying it to even remain. And you see, it's now not a problem only for the teenagers, but even for married mature people, mm -hmm. they are failing to come out of whatever situation because they are becoming too attached. And I believe that if the church had taught people that, guys, because people will tell you that, no, I'm still a virgin. I'm exempted from experiencing the disadvantages of soul ties. I'm not saying that even, you know, the issue of soul ties is being spoken as though it's all about bad ties. No, there are good soul ties also mm -hmm. that can bring forth good results and yield good results in people. So people should know that if you are to have a soul tie, let it be sponsored by good intentions. Mm -hmm good motives, good morals. But most of the soul ties we are having, which are having the effects now, are the bad soul ties. Bad soul ties. Because remember also a relationship, a friendship can be a soul tie also. Mm -hmm. The Bible will tell you of David and Jonathan. 
they were joined so much they loved each other they were not in a, in a in a sexual relationship but as friends they were joined meaning to say the church should make it a point to make people understand that relationships have an impact especially on teenagers if you become too attached, it is a way of also determining your character, determining how you are going to look at life, your outlook at life, how you are going to carry yourself, how you are going to handle yourself. It will be determined based from the ties that you are connected to, the ties that you are connected to. So I believe that the church hasn't done enough. I don't know, maybe it's a, it's a scary topic. I don't know. Mm. But I think it was it is needed to be addressed because even now, my dear, even other people who are no longer teenagers, they are still battling the consequences of soul ties. Mm. It's like it leaves a void inside of you. Once you are connected to someone, it leaves a void that you try to go out there to find people to fill it, but it cannot be filled. And the church is thinking that this thing, you know what, it will just go away just like that. No, it needs to be addressed mm. so that as the youth, they know that, you know what, relationships have got also a spiritual side attached to them yes. for the sake of the consequences tomorrow. Because we are having teenagers who are having holes in their souls because of whoever they have connected to. And it is a way of molding how you are going to think as a person, how you are going to view life how you are going to attach yourself to things or even detach yourself to things from things. So the church hasn't done enough, my dear. And do you think maybe having um, events or camps would help in a way? I believe strongly that it is going to help. Mm. I believe strongly that it is going to help more than anything because we might not be able to fix a the previous generations mm. but the least we can do to humanity is to help the generation of now mm. to start on a clean slate to build things on the right platform because if we don't do that and we are not honest enough and we are not open enough because these are the things that the the youth are dealing with it's not about prayer it's not about what it's a, a challenge that needs to be addressed. Yes. So I believe that camp meetings, outings are needed, are needed, are needed strongly so that maybe by grace, this generation will be able to have a better understanding so that we can also trust them with the future of the next generation. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I really, really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure, my dear. And that is, unfortunately, the end of the show. And as Pastor Tekla said, don't rush. Be patient and make sure that the person that you give yourself to is the right person. But until next time, I am Ufenze Khoedi, your lovely host. And as you all know, Yeni Tanza Nonge. Sometimes I even touch my